Well, good morning, church. How are we all doing today? Come on, let's just thank the Lord this morning. Amen. How many of you are excited to be at church today? Come on, we are so, so, so glad. And let's just take a moment again to welcome our online family that's watching. Can we all welcome them right here from Bridge City Church, North Braddock. So glad you're here. Listen, I don't know where you are in your walk with God and your journey with Jesus, but you came to a great place. And, and I believe that if you're here and you're, and you're just checking us out, seeing who is, this, who is this people called Bridge City Church, I wanna let you know you just found your people. You found your tribe. How many of y'all believe that right now? Come on, that's right. And uh, we are in a series here, Core Culture. Now, how do you explain what core culture is? I was thinking a lot about this this week, and, and this is the simplest way I can explain it. How many of you are going to eat uh, dinner on Thanksgiving Day? How many of you have an expectation that things are going to be done a certain way? Yeah, you kind of know what's going to happen, right? You kind of know where, where Aunt Betty's going to sit and Uncle Harry, right? You know, you, you kind of know the personalities. You know what's going to happen there. You know what kind of food's going to be there. And in core culture, listen, Thanksgiving Day has a lot to do with core culture. I mean, a lot of the things that we do on Thanksgiving Day is simply because that's the way we do it on Thanksgiving Day. Am I right? Like, like people ask all the time, what are you having on Thanksgiving Day? It's like, what else would you have? Right? It's just like, that's what we do here. Yeah, I was thinking this actually, I was thinking actually this morning, I said, I said I, why do we eat at our house at two o'clock? I don't know why we do that. But then I figured out why, because when I grew up, that's what time we ate. Like that, I learned that. And, and why do we have stuffing the way we do? Well, that was the way my parents made it, and it's the way that, the, that my grandparents made it. See, just something got passed on. Nobody ever said, this is what you're going to do. But it was learned that this is the culture by which we have. And there's some essential things about Thanksgiving, Right? There's turkey, stuffing, mashed potatoes. Those are, the, those are the essentials, right? And there's other stuff too. Pie and all the other stuff. Oh, by the way, happy Thanksgiving. How many of you are just a little hungry right now? Yeah. See, that's, that's culture. That's the core culture. And we all have a core to our lives. We all have a basic value system in our lives. Somebody asked me recently, they said, Pastor Rick, what, what are the three best decisions you ever made in your life? Now, besides following Jesus Christ and making him the forgiver of my past and leader of my future. That's a given. Let's all start there. Best thing ever, right? Yeah, come on. Yeah. And, uh, and so this is what I said. I said, listen, these are the three things that kind of guided my life. I'm going to spend the rest of my life dying to myself and living not only for God first, but for my wife, Natalie. Marriage and family are important. Done deal. Second one, being a part of a church and giving, being a part of a, 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 a church where we can express our worship and love and serve and sacrifice. That's a done deal. Even before we got married, Natalie and I decided this is never not gonna happen. We are gonna be a part of a church. We're gonna be a part of a living, breathing people of God living for Jesus, Amen. Yeah, and the last one was, and this is just mine. I'm not telling them to be yours, but I'm just sharing with you my core values. And, and I said, look, I'm gonna be generous. 
Natalie and I, we just decided all of our life, we're just always gonna be generous. We're gonna live with generosity because after all, we serve a really generous big God. And so what we learned in our lives and what we tried to pass on to our kids is this is, this is the way we do it here. Now any parent knows what I'm gonna speak right now. That there's, there's times when your kids come home and if you can remember far enough back when you were a kid, you remember challenging the system. Some of you never grew out of that. Yeah, and so there's this way that we challenge the system. But in, in our house, we had some things. I was like, in this house, this is what we do. In this house, we all work together and clean the table afterwards. How many of you think that's a good one? Yeah. Come on, yeah. You see, in this house, this is what we do. We all serve. We all pitch in. We all work together. In this house, and this was one of mine, that in our house, if there's a joke and I don't laugh, then it's not funny. <laughs> I thought that was a good rule. Come on. And so if the kids ever said something when they were younger and I didn't laugh, I said, that's not funny. This is the culture in our house. In this house, when we give to God, we don't just give pennies. We always round up. I learned that from my mom. She goes, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, in this house, we round up. See, we have these things, and so in this house, this is what we do. And in core culture, we're looking at, in this house, at Bridge City Church, this is the way we do it. So where do we get our culture? It's so much more important than just you and I. I wanna go back to Acts chapter two and look at the early church culture. Now, the early church was not the church that met at 7 a.m., Some of you will get that later. Um, The early church is the one right after Jesus just ascended and we're looking back over the first like 20, 30 years of the church. That's the early church. 20, 30 years and how they function. And I wanna read to you this morning out of the message translation, which is not a study Bible, but it's a translation that communicates in everyday language. And so I want us to pick up a few things. In Acts chapter two, early church, Core culture, here we go, verse uh, 41 here. That day, about 3,000 people took him, that was the apostle Peter, at his word, and they were baptized and were signed up. I think that's a pretty good day. That means 3,000 people met Jesus in a really real way, and they got baptized in water, and they were signed up. Now, how many of you here today, even online, how many of you have been signed up? You're a follower of Jesus. Yeah, come on, yeah. We, but how many of you, when you did get signed up, you didn't know all that was entailed? How many of y'all realized that there's some fine print? Yeah. How many of y'all realized, oh, I didn't know that was in there? Is it, yeah, you got signed up. And so we spend the rest of our lives figuring out the culture and figuring out what we were signed up for. Yeah, that's it. And and so they got signed up and they committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles. How many of y'all are committed to the teaching of the apostles? Okay, about half. Come on, how many of y'all really, you, you wanna be committed to the teaching in the Bible? Yeah, yeah, okay. And, and then they, they did life together. Yeah, they did life, and, and they did life together, and they, they had a common meal, communion, and, the, and prayers. This is what they did. This was the early church. They committed themselves. That's why tonight, and I want to invite you all to come back tonight to what we call Growth Track, and we're committed to growing to be all that we can be for Jesus Christ. 
When you meet him, that's the beginning, not the end. No, the end is when you stand before him. And we want to help you get ready for that day. Because I don't know if you know this, 10 out of 10 people still die. Just trying to help you. We want to we get you ready for that day. And so we're, we're preparing with a life now of growth. And so I invite you to come out because we're learning what it means to grow in Christ and learn the apostles' teaching and learn what that means. So you got to come back tonight at five o'clock. And if you're really good, you come at five and we do all the teaching right about 6.30. We're all going to have gobbleritos. And if you don't know what that is, I guess you'll have to come and find out. <laughs> yeah. And that's what we're going to do. And we're going to eat together. And we're going to learn together. That's what the early church does, did. That's what we're going to do too. Here we go. And everyone was in awe as it goes on. And all those wonders and signs were done through the apostles. That means a lot of miracles. And all the believers lived in wonderful harmony. Yeah. And holding everything in common. And they sold whatever they owned and pulled their resources so that each person's need was met. Oh, check this out. And they followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple, followed by meals at home, every meal a celebration, exuberant and joyful. Doesn't that sound like a fun place to be? Come on, doesn't it? I mean, that's like celebration and they, there was harmony and, 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 and they're, they're, it sounds like they like each other and love one another as they praise God. And I like this. I love the way this looks. I love this. Check this out. And I love the way this says this. And people in general liked what they saw. Isn't that cool? I think that says it's so cool. And God added to those, those who were being saved, which is another way of saying those who met Jesus in a very real way and asked Jesus to forgive them of their past and lead them into their future. Now, how many of y'all would like to belong to that church? No, I'm sorry, doesn't it sound fun? I mean, they're enjoying life together and they worship together like we are here today. And then they're sharing meals together and they're, they're doing this thing. But people liked, and what did the people see that they liked? Unfortunately, many people look at the church today and they look at the core culture of the church and they, and they don't like what they see. And I feel bad. I, I meet people all the time and they talk to, I say, hey, what about church? And they're like, well, I had a bad experience. And there's this place and there's that place and there's this and there's that. Either you know somebody like that or maybe you were somebody like that. And I'm really sorry for that. I'm sorry that that was your experience. But I wanna say, if you'll, if you'll give it a second chance, I believe you'll find something different. I'm just saying that we just need to give it a second chance. We need to dare to say, I'm gonna believe again. And you know that you're healed from your past when you're willing to take a risk to get hurt again. It's like that in every relationship I have. You know that you're healed because I'm willing to take a risk. And I believe what God is saying, are you willing to take a risk on this core culture that we find in the first 20, 30 years in the book of Acts? Now remember, this isn't what they intended to do. This is looking back and seeing what they did. Do you know that we're writing a story that many people are gonna read in the future? Right here, right now, there's a story being written with our lives. Right now, there's a story being written with what you do and I do and what we do together. And there's gonna be other people looking back and saying, what did they commit themselves to? Yeah, I wanna be a part of that. How about you? 
And what I really want is I want people when they encounter you and they encounter us and they encounter we together, one church in four locations, all coming together for one purpose. I want people to like what they see. Not to like me or you, but so that they'll love Jesus. How about you? Come on. Come on, don't you want people to love Jesus? Come on, that's what I want more than anything else. I want them to meet him and know him and see him and experience him. And so right here, this core culture here is at the center of their being. What was it? How many of you have ever eaten an apple? Some of you have eaten apples in the form of a pie. Hmm? Guaranteed, you're going to lunch after this one. Come on, somebody, yeah. And if you're watching at home, do not go for the refrigerator. Just stay where you are. Come on. And um, at the core of the apple is what? They're seeds, right? And the seeds have the ability to reproduce that apple. And at the core of who we are is what will be reproduced. You reproduce who you are, not what you say. And at the core of who we are is what's going to be reproduced. So that's why we gotta get the core culture right. Because what we're doing right now is what's gonna be reproduced, not just in, in, in our lives, but it's gonna be reproduced in a whole new group of people that God wants to add to his church. Isn't that exciting? Yeah, so here's an idea, core culture. Here's a big idea, core culture. Here it is, yeah, core culture. Uh, it, it's, it's serving, sacrificial, and sharing. Serving, sacrificial, and sharing. That's what core culture is demonstrated by. And in the New Testament church, we see them serving, sacrificing, yeah, and we see them sharing their resources. That's what we see. That's not the only thing. Those are three things that we do see. And that I believe that these three, not only, not exclusive to other things, but I believe that this is what people look for. And when they see these things, it attracts them that a people are serving together and that there's harmony together and that they're working together and they're sacrificing together and they're exuberant and joyful in the process. But there's this thing called authentic, which is the real deal. Have you ever looked at somebody and somebody told you, hey, you know that person? They're the real deal. Has anybody ever said that to you? There's the real deal, man. And then there's, there, there's this thing called nominal, which is like name only. Like they, they got the name, but they, mm-mm. And there's in Christianity, there's authentic core culture, authentic Christianity, and then there's nominal and name only. To help you understand this, now I do not like what I'm about to talk about. I do not like it at all. Some of you are gonna love it. I do not like talking about ketchup. Now, some of you realize there's Heinz ketchup and then there's everything else. There's the authentic real deal and then there's that other stuff that's pretending. Did that help you understand that? Now, I don't like ketchup. I think it came after the fall. It was created by man. Now, I had a pizza the other night. I'm very convinced it wasn't really pizza sauce. It was ketchup on the pizza. I'm very convinced. I still got that taste in my mouth. 
trying to get rid of it. But here's all, there's the authentic, real deal, and then there's everything else. And what I wanna be a part of is the real deal. How about you? See, that's what core culture is. And, and we gotta decide what it is we're gonna stand for, what it is we're gonna be a part of here. Now I wanna go, and we're gonna look at 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians 16, I'm gonna go through about four verses there. And, but I also wanna, wanna uh, realize there's a book that we have for sale called Core Culture by our founding pastor, and uh, Pastor Keith Tusi, and it's about the generosity of the early church. And I want you to pick up a copy of this. If you're watching, if you contact our church office, we're gonna get you one of these. And, and it's gonna help you understand two chapters in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter eight and nine. Because generosity is a big deal, okay? Now, serving's a big deal. Sacrificing is a big deal. And sharing our resources is a big deal. I'm so glad that I belong to a, uh, a small group I really enjoy the uh, small group that I'm a part of. Uh, we do life together. We share together. We help, we help one another grow and take our next step. See, so the, every, all of this is important here. But now I want to look at something the Apostle Paul communicates. Now, now, many of you, you raised your hand and said you want to be committed to the Apostle's teaching. Am I right? You did that earlier. I'm going to give you some of the Apostle's teaching right now. Okay, this is the apostles' teaching. Okay, so I'm, I'm gonna help you understand in context what we're doing here. Now, there's this thing, there's this offering that they were receiving, but I want you to catch the core of some church things and in, in, in the core of who we are as a people of God through this text here. It's the, what we consider the first letter that we have recorded in the Bible. There's 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. And the Apostle Paul is writing a letter. Have you ever wondered what the Apostle Paul would write to Bridge City Church if he was writing a letter right now? Have you ever wondered what he'd write? Have you ever sat and thought, wonder what he'd say to us right about now? Because the Apostle Paul didn't point any punches. He kind of said it the way it was. How many of you know if the Apostle Paul did send a letter, you'd say, hey, yeah, I don't want to read it. You read it. <laughs> yeah, you read it first and then let me know. Yeah, so here he is in 1 Corinthians, what we call chapter 16 here, and he says, now regarding your question. So obviously they were asking a question. The question, here it is. He says, about the money being collected for God's people in Jerusalem, you should follow the same procedure I gave to the churches in Galatia. Now it's interesting, the apostle Paul gave a teaching, follow me here, about the procedure in the way to receive an offering. See, many of us don't want to equate this with the apostles' teaching. This is extra rather than the core. But he's saying he must have done it in more than one place because he's saying in Galatia I taught this, and now I want you to get this too. So it must be pretty important that he, he writes this here. And on the first day of each week, you should put aside a portion of the money you have earned. Don't wait until I get there and try to collect it all at once. So here we have the Apostle Paul referring to an offering. Okay, an offering. And he says, do it as I directed. And as he directed, it was, a, it was, a, it was to be under authority. And it wasn't a suggestion. It was a command. If you look at the Greek terminology here, he wasn't saying, if you ever get along, around to it, he was saying, this is a command. 
did. It was, it was right there, man. Hey, this is the direction you're going to take here. If you want to be under authority, this is the way it's going to happen here. So there's going to have to be intentionality. And then he says, on the first day of the week. Do you know that we're, we are still meeting on the first day of the week? Many people think this is the last day of the weekend, but really it's the first day of the week. That goes back to Luke chapter 24, verse 1, when the early church met on Sundays because they were remembering the resurrection of Jesus Christ. How many of y'all here know that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is a big deal? I mean, it's a really, really, really big deal. Yeah? Come on. It's a really big deal. And so we still meet together to remember the resurrection of Jesus. The power of the resurrection of Jesus, the power by which we live our everyday lives is found there. So we still get together on the first day of the week in worship. Oh yeah, we get together another night of the week in a small group and do some other things and, 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 and we have other ways of opportunities to serve, but this is a big deal, the first day. And he says, there's a collection. And this word collection is only used two times. In the New Testament, in first and second verses here, the Apostle Paul uses a very significant word in Greek. And what it means literally is an extra or irregular offering. The Apostle Paul is communicating when you do the collection. It's going to be extra, it's going to be irregular. Which, if something's extra, that means you have to be giving something in the first place to get to the extra. If somebody tells you that they, they want you to bring two pies. They want you to bring one and then bring an extra one. That means you have to bring one to get to the extra. This is really deep. No, but see, like, so, so I'm trying to teach you like something here. So he's saying like, hey, there's something that we're going to give. How many of you know that there, there's places you go and restaurants you go to that they serve you and serve you well? But how many of you all know that there's other restaurants that really do something extra? Some place just came in mind, right? Yeah, some place came, came in mind. My wife and I, we were at a restaurant the other day, and I kept using the wrong knife. I kept using, they, I asked for extra butter, because butter is anointed. And um, it's not like ketchup, it's good for you. Um, and so, and I kept using the wrong knife for the butter, and every time I put it down, and because there was a butter knife, and there was an extra one, they kept taking it from me and bringing me a clean one. And I kept looking at my wife going, I keep messing up here. But literally three times I messed up and they kept bringing me one. How many of you know that's extra service? And there's some guy washing dishes in the back thinking, what idiot is out there using the wrong knife nonstop? But see, that's extra service. That's not just going through the motions of we're going to give you something clean. No, we're going to make sure that we go extra here. Extra, extra. And so the apostle Paul is saying, when you receive the extra irregular over-the-top offering here, this is it. You're going to bring it on the first day of the week and let it be a reflection of your love. And then his last word here, he says, each of you. Everybody say out loud, each of you. Who do you think that's talking about? Yeah, each of you, yeah. I mean, I mean, couldn't you see people reading this letter? But the Apostle Paul says, okay, this is what you're going to do. Each of you is going to do this. And I, I, I believe even in the New Testament, just like today, there's some people sitting there going, who does the Apostle Paul think he is? Who does he think he is telling each of us to do an offering? Huh. Really, I, I, 
That's because those people are just like us. Am I right? Ah, when he says each of you, he means each of you. People who have stuff, people who have more than enough, people who have all extra. Now, do you know that there were people in the New Testament that didn't like the Apostle Paul? This might have been one of the reasons, I don't know. No, think about that. That he had to defend himself over and over and over and over again because there were people who didn't like what he said. Could you imagine that? But he says, okay, each of you, bring something extra, bring it on the first day of the week, as you've earned, do this. In verses three and four, when I come, I'm gonna write letters of recommendation for messengers to choose to deliver your gift to Jerusalem. And he says, okay, we're gonna have order and we're gonna have people. So he says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find somebody to deliver this gift. So we're gonna look for people who have a servant's heart, who we're gonna look for somebody who has, a, who has a, a sacrificial spirit, a heart of devotion, because that's what the Apostle Paul is looking for here. So a sharing, serving, sacrificial person. Now before I get to that, I wanna take a time out and just give you a report of something that has been going on here at our church. We are in the middle of a three-year giving initiative over and above our regular offering, what we regularly do, that means over and above, people have been sacrificially giving. And we're two years into our three-year initiative and received to date $950,000 out of the 1.8. Come on, let's give God a great big hand. I'm gonna celebrate that. Because this is not being used for salaries or regular function. This is being used for, for enhancing our facilities, not in only one location, but many. Now, coming into the location I'm at today, North Braddock here at Bridge City Church, how many of y'all really appreciate the new like entryway outside, the awnings and all the cement work? How many of y'all appreciate that? Yeah, that has come from our One Vision campaign. See, so the, everybody who's been given extra over the top, we're able to do some significant things that we haven't been able to do. So we're, we're building something that not only you and I to, to protect us when it's raining, but so that all the people you bring here So that when you bring them here, we have order. Order. We're not making things opulent, but there's order and there's blessing. And so I want you to see that. Not only that, every year we're taking out of this money $100,000 and giving it to missions. Your money has provided a teaching school for pastors and ministers in other countries. No, you don't understand the ministry that has taken place because of your giving. So for all of those of you who have sacrificially given over and above your regular tithes and offerings to, to make up that great number, that 950,000, thank you. Way to go. Come on, I mean it with all my heart. Thank you. And, and if you're sitting here today and you're thinking, I didn't have a chance to give, I want a chance to give, you came to the right place. Because maybe over the next 12 months, you can decide what you want to give. 
Maybe you can say over and above my regular giving, I want to give a certain amount. What do I have? What can I, what, what can I give? What can I give up? What can I do for this, right? And, and so we're inviting you to participate in something that's so much bigger than any one of us could do on our own. Because that's what we're doing. We're building something for the future. I'm so thankful for this facility. I'm grateful for it. But we're going to keep growing and we're going to keep doing it. See, but I'm trying to show you something that's a biblical pattern of the apostles' teaching. But it's not just about money. It's about our lives. It's an expression of devotion of our lives here. And what I believe God is asking us to do is, is, is live up to the call of God. Just recently, a friend of mine told me a story. His wife works in a retail setting, and she said to a couple other employees, none of the owners, she said to the employees, hey, why don't we work extra? Why don't we work, at, work and do more for the boss? Why don't we do this? And, 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 and he said that the story went, two employees looked at her and said, hey, why don't you act your wage? Unfortunately, in the culture that we live, everybody's trying to say, I just want to do the least amount to get by rather than why don't I do everything I can do for God? And it's easy to come into Jesus's church with service, with a heart of devotion, with worship, with honoring God and honoring one another to think, no, I want to live down to just my lowly position rather than live up to the call I have in God. And what I believe God is asking us to do, not only financially, but with our hearts and our lives and our actions, is live up to the call of God. Let's, let's get rid of that. Well, that's just your wage. That's, you, you don't need to worry about that. Don't, no, let's, let's, give that, let's give service, but let's give a little extra. Let's not just be friendly. Let's make friends. See, there's a big difference with these things. There's not just I'm going to show up and, 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 and people ought to be happy with the way I serve because after all, I'm here. No, I'm going to go the extra mile. Don't, see, this is what I believe that the world is looking for, a people that the heart of God has changed and transformed in such a way that they worship and they honor God and they really live out what they say they believe. Come on, somebody. That's what people are looking for. That's what they want. That's what they want to experience in a very real way here. And we serve and we give out of relationship. That's the way we do it. Now, how many of you have ever gone to a graduation party or, or a wedding in your, in, in your whole life? Yeah. And um, how many of y'all know when you go, right before you go, you prepare to do something, right? You prepare a little Ziploc bag to take cookies home, right? Well, that's just one of the things you do, okay? Yeah, that's just one of the things. You, you wanna make sure you can bring some cookies home, right? Well, after you do that, you remember you're supposed to take a gift. And we take a gift according to the relationship we have with that person. Am I right? Yeah, you've heard, you've heard, yeah. We do that. If you know that person really well, cousin, 
you know, relative, somebody you know real well, don't you increase your gift? But if you barely know them, it's like, hey, get him a book. <laughs> right? You look around, you don't have anything laying around with the price tag still on. I mean, it's like, yeah. See, and we do the same in our service. When we know one another, we're more committed in our serving. And we're more sacrificial when there's a connection. Right? And, and, and we give to God in the same way. Out of a relationship with him, I give to him according to the relationship I have with him because it's out of relationship that I serve and I, I live for my wife and I serve my family. This has to do with our whole life. Rather than just give a tip for good service. If God gave me good service, I'll give him a little tip. Yeah. You know, you pay for something and they swivel around the iPad and it says tip. How much are you going to give? And you know it has to turn around. That person's going to see it. Yeah. And you want to push zero, but you just can't. <laughs> right? You want to, but it's like, this is going to turn around. They're going to see it right now. And they, they're going to hold some food that I'm going to put in my mouth and I'd like it to be clean. So we give them a little tip. Am I right? But when we give to God, it's serving and sacrificial and joy. Isn't that the way it should be here? Out of life and joy and all of those things, out of a servant heart. Do you know what I think of when I think of servant heart? I, I do. And I, I think of and this. I was thinking about this over the weekend and... You know, when I think of servant, I think of, a, I think of a great preacher and a great, awesome family, but I also think of servants' hearts, and I think of your campus pastor, Pastor John and Christine, sitting in the front row. That's what I think of. I do. I think of servants' hearts. Now, he's a great preacher, awesome preacher, but he has a servant heart. He has a heart to serve, and Christine too, the servant's heart. That's why, that's why we get along so well. It's a heart of service. And I appreciate that. Thank you. But I want to show you a couple other instances in the Bible about core culture. Because sometimes people look at me and they say, Pastor, Jesus never asked people to serve. It's like, no, he asked people for their whole life. <laughs> if you really read the Bible, it's like, yeah. But he also, I've had people look me in the eye and say, Jesus never, Jesus never talked about money. He never asked for offerings. Oh, I'm glad you asked that. Let's go to Luke chapter eight. Come on, Luke chapter eight, real quick. I just wanna show you some examples in the Bible where it talks about serving people who live sacrificial lives and who shared their resources. Don't you wanna be what people like to see here? In Luke chapter eight, here it is, Luke chapter eight, verse one. It said, soon afterward, Jesus began a tour. <laughs> I like the way this says that. Don't you want a t-shirt, the Jesus tour? 31 AD. Come on, isn't that cool? You think your chosen shirt's cool. That would be much cooler. Come on. The Jesus tour. Jesus is touring here. Yeah, and he's going around all these towns and villages and, 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 and he's telling them about Jesus, announcing the good news. How many of y'all know the gospel's good news? 
That's good news. We got good news. In a world of, of crazy news, we got good news. And so Jesus is saying, there's good news. Yeah, about the kingdom of God. And he took these 12 guys with them. He says, hey, guys, follow me. And they're, they're following them. They're learning stuff. And then look at this. Along with some women. Do you know, let me just put, say this again. Jesus did more to elevate and celebrate women than any other religion known to man. And so right after his 12, he doesn't even list the 12. He says, I said their names before. Luke's writing. And he says, okay, they've been cured from evil spirits and diseases. They've had an experience with God. And there was Mary Magdalene from whom he cast out seven demons. Let's look at verse three here. And then verse three, Joanna, the wife of Shuza, Herod's business manager, Susanna, and many others who were contributing from their own resources to support and his, ah, oh, check that out. There were people that were following around Jesus, serving, serving, sacrificial, but they, they went from being a, a consumer to being a contributor to their names are written in the Bible. And poor Mary Magdalene, you know the one who had seven demons? It sounds like a gossip page. No, that's a story about the goodness of God and the greatness of God touching lives. And then there's Joanna. Her husband had a lot of money. He had a lot of resources. And so she was following, serving, helping, learning, and she was giving resources to Jesus. So here, it looks like they kept track of those who were serving, sacrificial, and sharing their resources. Now, Jesus could, I mean, he's Jesus. What did he need people to give? It looked like he had a donor base. Am I right? There are people doing this. It looks like you kept track. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Joanna, she broke through social prejudices and class prejudices and, and, and lowered herself to a lower place because it's the greatest place with Jesus. I believe that this is just one of the things that the people saw in general with enthusiasm and with, 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 with generosity and they gave their lives to see the good news of Jesus Christ. And in just a few moments, you're gonna hear about ways that Bridge City Church right here in North Braddock, that, that you all share Jesus. And, 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 and you need to understand the opportunities so that the gospel could go forward. That's what I want to give for. That's what I want to give my life to. And that's why I love serving. That's why I love worshiping. That's why I love the whole deal. So where do we get this core culture? Where did it come from? I want to read to you a couple more verses. And then I'm going to close up. Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. You see, it's not up to us to determine what our core values are. We discover what they did in the Bible. And then we're just going to do that. It's a discovery, not a determination. Several times in the Bible, several times in the Bible, Jesus contrasts two different cultures. I just wanted you to read one of them here. 
There were two guys, they were arguing who's gonna be the greatest in the kingdom of God. Yeah, I'm gonna be great, you're gonna be great. I'm gonna be sitting this way and I'm gonna be doing this. And they're arguing. And Jesus, it's like Jesus is like, it's just like, hey guys, hey guys, hey guys, come here. How many of y'all know when Jesus pulls you aside, you're all gonna hear from Jesus. Y'all gonna have a Jesus moment. What he was saying is like, let's have a come to Jesus moment. Have y'all ever had a come to Jesus moment? His disciples are about to have one here. Literally, he says, hey guys, hey guys, hey guys, come here, 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 come here. Just stop, stop. Jack, James, John, they're still elbowing one another. Jesus is like, you know what the rulers of this world, how they lord it over people? Oh, they had that picture because the people that were in charge, they lorded over everything. They were in charge. They were the ones like, look at us. You're gonna listen to us. It was prestige. It was honor here. He says, you know how they do that? And officials flaunt their authority. When an official would come in, they would would blow trumpets and it would be like, yeah, look at me. He said, you know how that happens? You You know how they do that? That's what Jesus is saying. He says, but among you, I'm gonna be different. Basically, what Jesus was saying is this. I want you to hear it through this. He was saying, hey, other people's houses, this is the way they do it. But in this house, this is the way we do it. I don't know what your past experience has been, but here, this is the way we do it. Come on, when you were a kid, I want to go to Johnny's house because at Johnny's house, they get to eat dessert first. Why can't we live like Johnny's house? No, 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 at our house, we sit down, we turn off the television and we eat together and we share together, we talk together. I don't know what you do at those, in our house, this is what we do. I want you to catch this. Jesus is saying, you're used to a culture that is not like this culture. And in my culture, Jesus says, in this one, the way you're gonna do it here, but among you, it's gonna be different. Remember, don't tell your kids how special they are. Keep telling them they're different. We're different. We live in a different culture. We have different values. We have a different way to live our lives. We're different. And he says it really here. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your yeah, let's read on. Let's read these next couple verses here. And, um, and whoever wants to be first among you must become your, and that's a strong word, but you know what? In almost every translation, it translates to slave. I'm serious, that's a strong word. But that's, I'm, I'm just reading the Bible to you. And he says, okay, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. What Jesus is saying, listen, there's a culture, there's a way that the world has, and then there's my way. Let's pick the way to live, to have our culture. Let's believe God for healing and miracles. 
Let's believe God that God's gonna expand our view of the kingdom culture because that's the core of this. It's the kingdom of God, the kingdom, the king's domain. He's in charge. He rules. He reigns. He calls the shots. And so that's gonna be our culture according to that. And so in this house, this is what we do. When it comes time to worship God, we stand to our feet and worship God. When it comes time to pray, we stop and we pray. When it comes time to give, we love to give. It's not the thing, it's a thing because this all works together to create an awesome core culture called Bridge City Church, which reflects the early church. So if you've heard anything helpful, anything good, anything that challenged you to become more like Jesus today, I just want you to stand up right where you are so I can pray for you. Yeah. Heavenly Father, I just pray for every person in this room right now. Lord God, I ask you, God, to help us live for you. Help us grow for you. Help us be more like you, God. Help us live the culture that you created us to be, Lord God. And God, in all the places in all of our lives that we haven't lined up with, like, like, like the reality of what we're experiencing and what we know isn't together, God, bring it together to create a culture here, Lord God, that honors you in our serving, in our sacrifice, and in our giving, Lord God, sharing of our lives with one another. God, preserve us, not for our good, but for your good so that people could look at your people and like what they see based on the culture that we are. And right now in this moment, I wanna ask you a question. I wanna ask you, have, do you have a day, a moment or time when Jesus Christ became the forgiver of your past and the leader to your future? Do you have a moment? Do you have a day? Do you have a time? If you don't, there's a good chance you never did it. And God wants to add you to his family. And God wants to add you to one of the ones that their names are written in the Lamb's book of life by saying, Jesus, forgive me of my past. In Jesus, lead me into my future. And if that's you today and you're here and you're saying, man, that's me, pastor. I want that. I want to experience. And for everybody online as well, this is for you as well. If you want today to be your day where you begin that relationship of Jesus being in charge of your life and you want to become part of his culture because of the life he gave, Jesus gave it. Jesus gave his life a ransom. And if that's you right now, right where you are, right where you are, even if you're at home right now, I just want you right now just to, just to lift up your hand, just say, Pastor, that's me. That's me. I got to make today. Thank you very much. Just keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. We're going to pray. I'm going to pray right now. Thank you. Thank you. Keep your hand up. Just raise your hand. Say, man, that's me. Lord God, thank you for every hand that's up right now. I pray, Lord God, that today would be a new day, a new beginning, Lord God. A new day for you, the beginning of a new life with you, God, for every hand that's up and every person that's at home right now. In Jesus' name. I just thank you for that in Jesus' name, Lord God. Let today be that day. If you did raise your hand, somebody's gonna come up beside you and they're just gonna offer to pray for you. That's what we do. They're just gonna pray for you because they, you're that important and we value you that much. Father, we thank you for being so good to us today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Let's give God a great big hand. I want to thank you so much. Praise God.
Hey, if you could just be seated, stay with us. Pastor John and Chris are going to come up and close us up. Hey, don't turn off yet. We have some things.